Social Media Serenity Podcast Episode Number 35. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Eric Fisher. And this is take three of our introduction. (laughs) Folks, we are in a good mood today. Happy April Fool's Day to everyone. You know, I didn't think about this, Eric, but... uh, We could have left that, yeah. You know, here's the deal. Um, You know, I, I didn't think about this topic... But man, what an awesome topic this would have been. Uh, April Fool's Day is a huge thing in the social media world. That's true. You know, with all the with all the social networking companies and all the Web 2.0 people out there playing pranks and fake stories, fake product announcements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you, of two. You know, know of, of two, two big ones. Two, two of them already this year. What are they? Uh, let's see. If you go to Google.com, Google has renamed themselves Topeka. Nice. After the city that renamed themselves Google. Oh, that is <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, oh, my the other gosh. One, the other one is uh, Hootsuite announced uh, Hootsuite in 3D, <laughs> which is surely not real. That is awesome. If you go to Hootsuite.com, they announced that. Well, I think if you go to Hootsuite.com, doesn't it pull up your dashboard? Uh, if you're logged uh, in. Let me uh, pull it up. Hootsuite.com. Yeah, it pulls up my dashboard. Let me go ahead and sign out and see if I can figure it. Oh, here, oh whoa, whoa, whoa. Here it is. Hootsuite 3D. Hootsuite is, uh, is pleased to announce that our social media dashboard will be expanding into third dimension. Uh, to be considered for early beta access to the Hootsuite 3D social media dashboard. Retweet this message to your friends. <laughs> Learn more about it at Hootsuite.com slash HS3D. That yeah. is, and of course they give you all your you know all your account options to send it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I'm is, sure that it once that happens, they send you something saying gotcha. That is that is good stuff. You know, so those are the two I've seen those. And, and folks, if you have seen more of these and you can take screen captures or anything like that, uh, share the story. Uh, give us a call. Eight, five, nine, seven, nine, five, four, zero, six, seven. Email it in feedback at GSPN dot TV. Uh, but yeah, these things have always been a lot of fun uh, to, to just follow and see. What amazes me, though, are the number of people who fall for these April Fool's jokes that just get so darn upset. Yeah. It's April Fool's Day. I I think about it ahead of time by at least a week. Yeah. Of course, it helps that my birthday is like two days after. So it's like I'm always like aware of April Fool's Day. That's funny. I, I love the I love the Topeka search. (laughs) <laughs> that is great. So anyway, uh, yeah, so that that's that's a little side note here, but we are going to be wrapping up our discussion of Inbox Zero. We've uh, This is our third and final episode in the series, and we're going to extend the conversation out to social networks today. We're also going to give a little advice to those of you out there who maybe have 30,000 plus emails in your inbox like a certain Wayne. friend of ours, Wayne, <laughs> not name. Oh, I mean, not naming any names or anything. 
uh, rhymes with Bane, uh, starts with a W. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, we're going to we're going to maybe give some advice to those who are just now starting uh, this, which, by the way, Eric, got a lot of feedback. A lot of folks out there are now seeing some of the opportunities that exist with uh, experiencing a little uh, serenity in their life by trying to achieve inbox zero for the first time. A lot of folks out there. Yeah. Pretty exciting. It's good to hear. Well, I'll tell you what, we have some audio feedback that's been generating in the inbox here at gspn.tv. And so I have two pieces of audio feedback regarding uh, text expander and one regarding Mac mail. I'm going to start things off with Kim's uh, feedback on text expander. So here's what she had to say. Hi, Cliff. This is Kim Landwehr, and I'm calling in reference to the Social Serenity podcast. Um, I was listening to you uh, live on live, live online this uh, morning, uh, March 18th, and you were talking about the uh, application text expander, and um, I was one of the ones that piped in that it was a uh, application that I can't live without. Um, I'm not a power user when it comes to it. However, I use it daily for things like inputting dates, uh, my signature, um, paragraphs that I use all the time. Um, also, um, I try to use it as a way to embed uh, video onto my uh, blog using uh, simple um, abbreviations. It is something you have to kind of uh, teach yourself to use and force yourself to use because the more you use it, uh, the more useful it comes or becomes. Uh, I, um, when I go into a computer that doesn't have it, though, it's like I start typing in abbreviations and go, why isn't this working? And I you know, forget that, oh, yeah, this doesn't have a text edit. I'm sorry, a text expander in it. Um, I just wanted to leave this uh, voicemail, and I hope you have a good day. And your shows are great, and I'm starting to subscribe, subscribe to a lot of them. Thanks, and have a good day. Kim, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're enjoying the shows, and thank you for the feedback on Text Expander. Now, Eric, you're a user of Text Expander, right? I am. I actually use it on the iPhone as well. And uh, what's your experience on the iPhone? Well, I'll say this. I'm looking forward to hopefully having additional multitasking capabilities on the iPhone with the new OS, hopefully in the next few months, because Text Expander isn't nearly as good as it could be if it could be integrated across the board. But it does work well with uh, the Mail app on there, as well as Tweety. And I think there's one or two other apps that I use it with. So... For the most part, those text-based apps for the iPhone that I'm u- mainly going to be using, you know, typing for and would use snippets, um, that it works really well. And you can sync your text expander on your Mac uh, snippets to your text expander on your iPhone. So let me ask and you... Back as, and forth. Now, you say it works well with the built-in mail app. So you can actually type something from within your mail app? Or you have to... I thought you had to... It, you had to launch Text Expander to write and generate your email and then send it to your mail app. Yeah, you do. So, but, so, you so do, but the snippets work, so you don't have to retype a bunch of stuff. 
you can either type it in um, you can either type the email all the while including your snippets in text expander and then hit send to email and it'll send it there right or you can t- um what's the other way <laughs> I'm forgetting now what was your question again all right well here here's my question let's just say Eric you sent me an email and I yes. want to respond to your email. I don't want to generate a new one to you. I just want to hit reply. Right. How do right. I get how do I get my three or four paragraphs by typing in my little keyword uh, into that email that without generating a new email? Okay. What you would do is go to Text Expander first, type in your, you know, couple letter abbreviation for the for I mean I'm assuming you may have more than one paragraph. Um, basically generate the email there, hit copy, so hit select all, copy it, and then go and op- respond to the email and just hit paste. Ah, uh, okay. No, that makes sense. Okay. So it's like it kind of, because that, that's where the kind of the semi-crippling comes in yeah. based on the, the iPhone OS, which I want to see go away. Um, it kind of cripples Text Expander down to the point of just being a maxi um, clipboard which I guess is what it really is, but on the Mac you can hit a couple things and it's there. Versus this, you've got to close one thing and open another, and right, you know. So, so, so here, here's what I hear some people maybe arguing. It's like, okay, I, you know, the iPhone has a let that little what notes application or whatever. Why can't you right. just go into your notes application and create a bunch of quote unquote paragraphs or snippets and stuff like that? in in your iPhone and then whenever you want to go you know you could close your mail app go in and and mm. open up the notes app co- select all copy and then go over and paste the, what you're saying here some of the benefits uh, see if I understand this is that I could go open up the text expander and I could do multiple different snippets all from the same place not right. to mention the fact that I could create all the snippets on my Mac and they will sync too, so I don't have to write fifteen paragraphs on right. on all you know on the iPhone. I can actually write it now. How does it sync? Because now I use Dropbox. I don't have that Mac account thing stuff. You can. Mm, how do you do that? I know there's a way to sync it via Dropbox. Okay, because now Dropbox, I do have it synced via Dropbox. You know, I I, I did did choose that option, but how does how does the text expander for iPhone does it have a, a Dropbox login no in, what it in does the iPhone is, app what it does is how, you know how you do groups in the Mac text expander yes you sync the group via Wi-Fi you connect the your iPhone to the same Wi-Fi that your your network that your Mac oh, is on okay. and it'll just port that group right over Oh, okay. That's what I did. So it's not it's not it's not a it's not a live sync. It's just it's it's a you know you have to force it to sync kind of deal, right? So it's it's not kind of like I add a couple new snippets in the desktop application and then all of a sudden I'm away from my house and now I've got those on my iPhone as well. I had to actually manually sync those. Yeah, at least that's the way this that the the built in text expander itself syncing works. The, sure. The, the uh, Dropbox, though, I think may actually allow you to do that. I'm just not sure how you do that, but I know it's possible. Very cool. 
Very cool. I'm gonna I look mean, that up. That's because I want to know now. How much? Do you know how much the uh, text expander iPhone app was? Well, it was one ninety nine when it first came out, and that's when I grabbed that's it. Dollar ninety nine. Now four ninety nine. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was one hundred and ninety nine dollars. April it Fool's worth every penny. No, four ninety nine. Yeah. It's still, you know, it's I'm still not bad. I, I'm using snippets enough now that I think that I might go for it. Uh, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, I am, and and she, what she, uh, Kim was saying there is that you know you do walk away from another computer and it's like oh, I wish I could just type in a little you know l l i n k p a m which is my it, which is http uh, colon slash slash podcastanswerman dot com with the capital p capital a and the capital m, but it's so much easier just to, to type l l i n k p a m, right? Which is well, and one of the. One of the cool things I could do, and I'm going to do this actually uh, for next week. Just watch. I'm going to type in Text Expander a snippet that says "Social Media Serenity is going live now. Come listen," and then give the URL. Oh yes, I need to do that. And then yeah, and then from inside Text Expander, oh, yeah. you hit send a Tweety, and it'll send it right there to Tweety, and I'll just hit send, and it'll wait, be out there. Wait, where's my? Hold on, where's my to do list? Uh, <laughs> grab my to do list. Um, let's see here. Uh, cre- I'm gonna write this down. Create snippets for live show announcements. I love it. Ah, uh, that is awesome. I am going to create those snippets. <coughs> Excuse me. Very cool. All right. So th- there's that. Uh, we're gonna move on. I'll tell you what. Elsie called in. Um, her her feedback's three and a half minutes. I'm gonna play just a few minutes of her feedback here and see what she had to say. If she had anything additional on text expander. So Elsie, take it away. Hello there, Cliff and Eric. Uh, this is Elsie from Elsie'sYogaKula.com and Yogeek.me. Uh, if you hear some noise in the background, it's my daughter's video playing. (laughs) I just wanted to um, give you a little bit of information regarding uh, a neat little uh, software that uh, is sort of like text expander for the Mac. It's called Fast Fox Typing Expander, and you can find that at www.nch.com.au slash fast fox. And that works for both the Mac and um, a PC. So uh, you can actually use it. It's almost the same as Text Expander from what I could see from the features, although I do not uh, own this, nor have I ever used it. But uh, I did find that this is along the lines of what you guys were looking for, Cliff, regarding what you wanted. They have two different licenses. They have a home license, which right now seems to be on sale for $24.99, normal price $50. And they have a business license. And that used to be the normal price was $70, and now it's at $34.99. So I would suggest you guys go check that out. Now, when it comes to Text Expander, I love Text Expander. I love Text Expander. I've been using it for uh, almost a year now. I've been hearing about it for many more years than that. And I finally was, I basically took the plunge to buy the software after I watched uh, Don McAllister's screencast online on Text Expander, which is his episode 150. And you can find that at screencastsonline.com so that you can check it out there. And he kind of goes over the basic features of Text Expander, and it's really, really cool. I basically just use it for very, very simple things. I haven't used it for any kind of business productivity. 
activity yet because I haven't programmed it yet. I do things like um, little snippets for my address, little snippets for my phone numbers, for the different email addresses that I use, for my email signature. I really basically just do two little keystrokes and it comes out. Um, I also use it for uh, some, some coding for... Uh, some extra features that I add to certain episodes via my iPhone app. And that way I don't have to go look for that code. I actually can just do it from there. And in the menu bar, it has all these little snippets in case I forget them. So uh, if you do get your 27-inch iMac Cliff, because you deserve it, and I'm just saying that because I really, really want one. So (laughs) I would suggest for you to get Text Expander. Oh, and you know what, too? There is an iPhone app for Text Expander that is totally, totally cool. I do not have an iPhone. I do not have an iPhone iPod Touch. I'm just saying this because I totally believe that it's the coolest thing ever, and it's probably great, but I have no experience with it. But I'm sure it's fantastic. So they just had a new release, Text Expander did, um, which has enhanced a bunch of features that I haven't even dealt with yet. So um, anyway, that's, that's it. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Elsie, so much for that awesome feedback. So first, a couple couple great things there. Um, FastFox Typing Expander is a Firefox plugin that works both Mac and PC. This is exciting news for That's some folks. That's great. So folks out there, uh, of course, obviously it would be limited to the browsing versus using it, you know, anywhere and everywhere, but that's cool. I mean, that's where, isn't that where we spend 90% of our lives anyway is inside the browser? Right. Uh, one, there are two things I want to mention here about text expander that I would love to just throw out to the audience and see if they can help me with. Number one, I noticed that, um, using text expander inside chat tango does not work. So I don't Mm. know if that's limited to all flash applications, all flash based, uh, chatting software. But if I type in something in using the code inside of, uh, the chat room, it does not work, which is a, that's a real pain. Uh, and the other one that I haven't figured out yet, like, for example, I know that they have the ability to, you know, to create a snippet snippet with HTML and images all in, you know, kept in, in nice, neat order. So if you went into, let's say the mail app and you were to, you know, create a snap snippet that had an image in it, it would actually paste the image and everything. Well, in Gmail, it does not. So I have not figured out a way for me to um, for, a way for me to be able to um, paste images. You know, my signature has my logo in it, but I want I, now. If I was using, I'm still using Ystamp, the Firefox plugin for my signature because I have that. You know, that logo. Uh, but text expander will not paste in the image. And if anybody knows how I can get text expander to have a snippet that will actually paste the image, um, how do I code that in text expander to make it happen? That's something I would love to do. Um, and the ramen noodle says, Hey Cliff, make sure that you check out black canvas. We did, uh, we told, uh, talked about that last week. Uh, I believe we did last week about another option for, uh, um, email signatures that allows you to do multiple ones, not just right. two. Yes. And also Michael's in our chat room and he says, uh, check out text expander for windows for those of you who are on the Windows system still. 
and um, go and still like you, like you'll eventually change. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm Everyone becoming, will eventually transfer. <laughs> I'm becoming a Mac snob. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so if you are on the windows platform, check out texter. Uh, it is, it is an application. If you just Google it, you'll find it. Um, that is very similar from what I understand to, to, um, to the, uh, text expander. Anyway, uh, that is that. Now we have one more piece of audio feedback. This is about Mac mail and this comes in from Keith and probably has something to do with the fact that I kept telling people Gmail, Gmail, Gmail. So let's see what Keith has to say. Hello, this is Keith Parsons with Wireless Land Weekly Podcast. I'm calling in for Social Media Serenity. You had talked about Inbox Zero, and one of the people had asked on a Mac how to keep all of their uh, emails together so you could search them. I also use the mail program on a Macintosh, and I put all of my mail that I'd like to archive in an archive smart folder, and the smart folder allows it to be accessible from... Uh, any of my devices that want to access that folder, including MobileMe or my iPhone. You can always use the Spotlight function on a Mac. You just point on the folder, run Spotlight, and anything you've ever received in the past can be in- instantly searched, and it's on your machine when you do not have net access. So I know you like uh, Gmail. You can get it from anywhere. You can get the same effect with a Macintosh, getting your email from anywhere uh, on the web, because you can hit it from MobileMe. Uh, and still have the Mac interface and not have to use the Gmail interface. Thanks. All right. Very cool. So uh, Mac Mail, I know that the, there are a lot of people out there that really, really like Mac Mail and are not keen on moving over to web-based stuff. And that's completely fine. I just found that the, the, the web mail through Gmail, Google Mail, is is something I never want to live without. Yeah. I, and I, I've used Mac Mail once or twice, but mostly just to be able to do one of their cool stationary type emails, uh, compose that, and then send out of there in my Gmail, and then close it out. So nice, nice way to just use it. Well, hey, <laughs> it's a it, tool. It was free. It came with my Mac. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's awesome. But yeah, um, you know, for me, if if there's something that I can do in the web that is something I trust, I'm I personally I'm gonna go to the web. You know, there there are times when I might, I don't know, I, I might lose my iPhone and I might be on vacation and my iPhone dropped and cracked and is broken. And, you know, I'd love to be able to just go to my, go to the local internet cafe and have access to anything and everything that I have access to. So that that's one of the things that I like. Of course, there are a lot of other options. I'm not arguing against Mac Mail or Outlook for those of you who are who are very uh, you know keen on using those. I'm just explaining why I I made the move. I, it's like I trust Google, uh, and and they've done a good job so far. All right, so that explains all of that. Uh, now we've got two topics here to 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 wrap up with, um, and that is going to be. Oh, what are the two topics? Oh, what to do well, if you've got, what was yes. it, 31,000 emails in your inbox? Yeah, I think so. And then, uh, so basically, where to begin with Inbox Zero? And then also, Eric, we're going to talk about um, Inbox Zero when it comes to social networking. So where where do you want to go next? Well, let's start with, with for let's just use Wayne as an example. All right. <laughs> um, 
if you had, let's just say this, you, you think everything we've been saying sounds great. You want to live in this inbox zero space where you can maintain that, but you are nowhere near that. How do you get to that to be able to start to be at the maintenance level? And to be honest, I mean, one of the things I saw we kind of said yesterday with Wayne was, you know, we don't, we're not all for it, but declaring email bankruptcy, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the things you can do that's great, though, with Gmail is you can do that without actually doing that. You just select everything and hit archive. You've got a clean inbox to continue doing maintenance mode then from there on, but then go back into your old email and just see if there's anything that you absolutely have to do something with and start creating actions out of that or you know, just seeing what each of those emails, again, revisiting last week, what they dictate that the, the response they require. Right. Yeah. Here, here's a couple of things that I would, I would think to, to start things off. Number one is start today with inbox zero. All right. Yeah. So, so definitely that. So the first thing I'm going to say is let's get you, let's get you a clean inbox. So if that means that let's just say you have a hundred or less emails, well, then I say let's schedule an hour or three or four mm-hmm. and, and let's get let's just take and, and do all of those things, uh, you know, and get, and get down to zero. And so here here's the philosophy is that if it if you can answer it in two minutes or less then answer it. And if you can't answer, if, if the response takes more than two minutes, then what you need to do is is write it down as a to do item and file it away and, 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 you know, just put it on a to-do list and file that email away somewhere where it's going to be easily accessible by creating a label that would, you know, help you, whatever the case would be, um, it, you know, just file it away. If you yeah. have hundreds or more or perhaps thousands of emails in your inbox, then what I would suggest doing is, if, especially if you had Gmail or, or another service, what I would do is I would create a folder and or label folder or label that is called um, I need to process or just need to process and then take everything in your email, either the hundreds or thousands of emails and move them all to this folder or label called need to process and then start with a clean, fresh slate and just deal with inbox zero as you move along. And as far as all that other stuff, well, guess what? You've let it sit there for so long. Is it going to be really that big of a deal? So just let it sit there. But as and what I would do is, is as you are maintaining inbox zero, spend a little bit of time each, you know, each week, schedule some time out to go to that need to process folder and work in reverse chronological order to to kind of weed out all that stuff until you to the point where maybe you think, okay, you know what, I've gone back at least two months now anything that's older than that if they haven't emailed me again asking you know why isn't this done well then probably chances are i can just maybe just archive the rest of them again i am not proposing anybody delete any messages and that's one of the reasons i do love um you know the 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 archive functionality of gmail the the main default action is just to archive it and if you if somebody says you know three months ago i sent you an email and and I haven't heard back. Well, you can go search for that person's email address and boom, it pulls up. And of course, like Keith just said, you could probably do the same in, in uh, Mac Mail and some other so- programs. I can tell you this. 
um, Eric, I, I live in the world of inbox zero. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's my desired place. And that's where I find a lot of serenity. I've got four emails in my inbox right now, which, you know, I could probably knock out in probably about 10 minutes or less. And I will sometime this afternoon or tomorrow, uh, tonight or tomorrow morning. But here's, here's the situation about, I guess it's been about four or five months ago. I had, I'd say 38, 39 emails in my inbox. And I knew that I had 38 or 39 emails in my inbox. And one of the things I accidentally did was I I had checkmarked a file and I had clicked the archive button without me having read it. So I have no idea what email I had archived, but I accidentally archived an email. Now, the thing is, is that the at the time, I had not been keeping up with Inbox Zero, so those 39 messages were spread over a two-week period of time. Some of those emails, you know, had been sitting in there a couple of days waiting for response. Right. I knew I totally screwed up. And by the way, if an email is in my inbox, and if an email is in my inbox for more than 18 hours, I can guarantee you it is an extremely important email for me to respond to. But I just have not had the time yet to devote that much attention to my email to respond. So it's just sitting there. This was one of those emails. It had the matter of fact, it was an equipment order um, now that I know. But I had no idea what it was. And I even sent out a Twitter message. And I said, you know what? I just accidentally archived an email in my inbox. If you you don't (laughs) hear from me within the next seven days and you sent me an email, please let me know. And, and, you know, I never heard back from anybody about three months later, three months later, I get an email from somebody. It's like, Hey Cliff, you know, this is so-and-so. And, and remember I, or I sent you an email a couple of months ago, uh, but I, I'm not sure if you ever got it, but I'm ready. I, I really want to place an order. And, uh, here's a copy of the email I sent you. And what I did is I, I looked to see if I could find an email, see if maybe he mistyped it or whatever. Sure enough, he did send me an email previously that I did not respond to. And it just so happens that that was the exact day that I archived that accidentally. And the way that I know that is I went back to my Twitter profile and I looked for where I actually said I accidentally archived an email and it matched the date perfectly. And so it's like, <gasps> I can sleep at night again because I now know the missing email. I've solved the mystery. The prodigal email returned. That is exactly right. And it, you know what, Aunt, or, uh, Eric, um, it turned out to be a $300 profit for me. That nice. is how, my friends, when I say my emails are important, that email equaled $300 of income. So that's why I am very, very cautious of what I do with my email. I, none of it's flippant. And you know what? $300 profit, that's great. You know what? The other ones that aren't directly tied to income, they're tied to relationships, which I believe are even far more valuable than that. So that is why I'm passionate about Inbox Zero. Any other insights from you, uh, Eric, on uh, somebody getting started? I would say that maybe one tip to do is is when you are blocking out that time to go revisit the to process uh, file or tag or label or whatever. Um, when you're going through there, don't be afraid to mark stuff as spam. Oh, don't yeah. be afraid to don't be afraid to unsubscribe. 
or or at least label it to where it skips your inbox like we covered last week because that's how you got in this mess in the first place. Very cool. Yeah, and, and that's something that I do a lot. Um, you know, and of course, I'm very cautious of newsletters from friends of mine uh, because I don't want to mark those as spam because let me tell you, if, if you're on my mailing list, be do me a favor, just unsubscribe if you don't want to get my emails. If you mark me as spam, it actually counts against me using my mailing list provider uh, because what it does is it calls it a hard bounce and uh, right. it, and it reports me for abuse. So, um, you know, and of course, I don't really need to worry about it. You have to have so many reports of abuse before it really, you know, becomes a concern on on behalf of my mailing list provider. But, it, you know, it's still, it, it kind of dings. It's like, man, you've been reported for abuse. And I look and it's a, and it's a friend of mine. It's like, what are you I doing? I didn't do anything to you. Stop Dude, it. you just marked me as spam. And you, you asked, opted in on that email. You opted in. I've got the proof right here. And <laughs> and so what I do, I have to actually I have to actually go to the support department of my mailing list and say, "Listen, you know, this person reported me as spam. Please look here and see where this person did actually uh, sign themselves up for the mailing list." And so, be, just be yeah. careful with that. What I do on that is I actually have a I have a label called newsletters and I will set a filter to actually say, hey, if this if an email comes in either with this subject line, which usually those come in with the same subject line or from this email address, automatically archive it and put it in the and and add the label newsletter. So, yep. Anyway, um, now let's extend this out to social media. So our email inbox is obviously not our only inbox, at least not for me. I consider Twitter to have an inbox, Facebook has an inbox, and LinkedIn, I I don't know if it has an inbox or not. I really don't care. It does. It does. <laughs> I'm so flippant about it. You don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. I log I log into LinkedIn whenever I get an email that says, so-and-so would like to connect with you on LinkedIn and click here to accept. I click uh-huh. the button. It says, you're now connected. I'm like, and goodbye. So, it, so there's an email inbox there. I assume that if somebody sends me an email there, I get an email notification yeah. and I go and check it out and then I see if I can find their email address and send them a real email. <laughs> By golly, my my email address is on my LinkedIn profile. I promise. Yep. Anyway, so, so yeah, you get all these places. Uh, what are some other inboxes that you know of uh, in social media? Um, Let's see. Well, I mean, you could even... Even just like your timelines in these different setups, like Twitter and Facebook, the timeline. Oh yeah. And the thing thing you got to remember though is that stuff's always moving, and you're always going to miss something. You don't have to see every little thing every person that you're connected to at all in those things does, unless you have to. I mean, if you really have to, say for example, you want to know every single thing that your your mom does on Facebook. Well, throw her in a in a friend list. Or a Twitter list, you know, and then because that's what I've done actually is is with Twitter, I've made it so that I have a private, not miss, uh, Twitter list. Yeah. So that there's a there's select people that I don't want to ever miss anything they do, and even then I won't like meticulously pick through it, but at least then it captures it all, so I don't miss any of it in case there's something good there. Right. Um, and then there's another list that's conversations, people that'll talk back to me and I talk back to them frequently. Um, and another just that social media news, people that send stuff out, things like that. So 
I've kind of I, I've been able to spend a whole lot less time thinking. Oh, I wonder what's going on tw- on Twitter right now, and and just jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out with Twitter. And you can use that same principle with Facebook with the friend lists. So, right, exactly. Yeah, the, the, you're not going to miss anything. Don't be afraid. Yeah, and and when it comes to timelines, and if it's not addressed to me, if it's not addressed directly at me to me, I don't personally that I don't consider it to be an in an inbox. Um, right. It is something that is a stream of information that I may be interested in. Uh, but as but if it's not directed to me, I I make a distinction there that that's not technically an inbox. So, but I I but I in social media, it is something that we certainly we face. We wanna we wanna keep up with certain people, but when we start adding, you know, people from work, people from celebrities, from television, from people from here, it is nice to you know you don't want to have to go through and read everything to kind of keep up and. You know, like, for example, I don't want to miss what my wife has been up to today. So it is kind of really awesome for me to be able to go into a Twitter list and see what my wife and a couple other people have been up to all day long while I was working. And so at the end of the day, you know, I will I will sometimes I will literally before I leave the the studio here to finish for the day, I will go to this list and I will read everything that Stephanie had posted on Twitter for the entire day. And that way I go upstairs and I say, hey, how was such and such? Or, hey, I saw that you had lunch with so-and-so, you know, and, right. and, and it gives me an opportunity to really keep up. And so, yeah, that is very nice to be able to do that. And 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 qu- actually, question to you, do you still have your direct Twitter messages, notifications, and your Facebook message notifications go to your email? I do. Uh, Facebook, uh, by the way, Facebook, anytime you post a comment on my wall or anytime you send me an email via Facebook or uh, not an email, a a message via uh, via Facebook, I will get a notification in my email inbox. And what I'll do is, you know, again, it's that whole principle of how how long does this take? You know, and, and a Facebook comment on my site generally will take, you know, I don't know, maybe 20 seconds. And if I have 20 seconds to spare, I see the Facebook label. And what I'll do is I can actually go through and say, okay, I'm going to just go and click here and go to my wall real quick. And I'm going to post follow-up comments to anybody who's commented on something on my wall. And that takes a total of maybe three minutes. And then I go to my email inbox and anything with the Facebook label on it, I can then archive. So I can archive all of those. If you sent me a Facebook email or message in the emails in there, well, the entire transcript of that e- of that message is in there. If it's something I, I if it's something I feel it's important to respond to, uh, then I will go. I will sign into Facebook and I will hit reply and just be done with it. Um, and then, of course, I delete the message because I want I want my inbox on Facebook to be at zero as well. Right. Uh, the only thing I hate about Facebook is that there is no archive of that. The, I can see where I sent messages, re, you know, responding to people, but there is no archive. There is no way for me to search for something that was once there, but is not there unless I actually responded. Uh, if so, you, yeah. And that's, and, and to be honest, Facebook, if you do this one thing, you'll be my hero. If you make it so that a message that comes from Facebook that goes to my inbox if I can hit respond right there from my inbox and have it be sent out and then have that conversation be archived in my own email system instead of 
not having any archive at all on Facebook, that'd be great. That would be awesome. I would love to if be able listening. to. I would love to be able to respond to Facebook messages right from my email and then have them just, you know, carry that on out back to the person on Facebook. Uh, But right now they don't. But uh, now the thing is, is like, for example, I just had an email uh, notification from Facebook and it came in and it says so-and-so sent you a message on Facebook and I read it and it's kind of spamish. You know, they just sent it out to a bunch of people. I just archived it. And, and did I go, and I'm not going to Facebook uh, to go delete it either. I, it's like right now, as far as I'm concerned, that message does not exist. And so what I'll do is I'll just wait until probably about three or four days later, I will go in and look at my messages and I'll go in and, and, and delete any of those messages or respond to any of those very low priority messages on Facebook. But once a week, I empty out my Facebook messages. So there's a good chance if you email me, there's a there's a real good chance that you're going to get an email response within 12 hours, sometimes within two. Uh, if you send me a Facebook message, there's a good likelihood that it could take you a week. It might sometimes take two or three weeks for me to respond to a message that you might send me on Facebook, depending on how high of the priority of the message that you've sent to me. Yeah. So it it is much lower. Now, something that is much bigger on my radar is direct messages on Twitter. As a matter of fact, I have two inboxes. I have two inboxes in Twitter. One is level one priority. One is level two priority. Level one priority is, of course, my direct messages. And so I do, if you send me a direct message, I don't have the direct messages being sent to me via email because I have those pushed to my iPhone. And, okay, so you do push with those. Exactly. Well, they're actually, and they're not push. They're actually text messages. So those do come in via text message. And so I get that notification right away. And I attempt to respond to those as quickly as I do email. Um, I prefer, if anybody's listening, I prefer email versus direct message. Um, and actually, sometimes what I will do is if, if I, it's a direct message that I don't, want to respond to right now, I will go into my Tweety application, which allows me to send a tweet and email it to myself. And I will just, I will take your direct message, I will email it to me, and then I can get my direct messages back to inbox zero, which I do delete all direct messages that come in. And again, I don't like that you can't archive them. Right. But that's neither here nor there. So Otherwise, you just got them sitting there and you can't I mean, you've responded, but they're still sitting there. It's Ex- like, exactly. It's not zero. It's not zero. And I'm OCD about my zero. All right. And so, <laughs> and then the other one, of course, the other inbox level two on Twitter is my at replies. I do always want to read them and I always want to respond to anything that I am going to respond to. Again, the problem here is that there is no way to remove them or to mark them red or or to say this one's unread, so leave it marked unread because I want to respond to it later. There's little little kind of inconsistencies there in my processing, but uh, I do try. I do attempt to read every at reply and respond to the ones that I feel need responded to. Can I tell you what I do with that? Yeah, go ahead. If I get, uh, I, I look at mentions. I am actually still using TweetDeck and Hootsuite for different reasons. I've got my TweetDeck set up as my monitoring my reading tweets, but not necessarily responding to tweets, although I will do that occasionally from there. If I see something cool, I hit favorite, and then I have my Hootsuite set up as 
the there's a column for mentions, a column for favorites, and a column for scheduled. And so what I'll do is I'll see somebody's responded or mentioned, and I can uh, what I'll do is if if there's a if there's a one I really want to respond to, I don't have time to do it right now. I'll I'll favorite it so that it goes into my favorites, and then that is like my priority list to. That's like my inbox uh, in Twitter as right. far as responding or tw- or retweeting things. Yes. So. Yeah. And and Ramen Noodle, uh, Daniel's in our chat room. He says, I use Topify so that I can reply to DMs via email. April says, "Tweet in TweetDeck, you can actually mark as red. Uh, but when you do, but when you close the session, it, it marks all as red. So yeah, there, there, you know, those, those are some other alternatives there. I, I, I really honestly, I, I focus on my email being the main source of communication and, um, and, 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 you know, I try to drill everything into that as possible, as much as possible. I do, I do enjoy direct messages if it's a short little blurb. Um, recently I've had a couple people email me, um, like podcast consulting questions via direct or not email, but they direct messages me, direct messaged me. I have been responding to those, but I think I'm going to stop. And I think when I get those, I think what I'll do is I will, um, just create an email back to that person and said, Hey, you DM'd me on Twitter this question. Here's my response. Um, just because I don't want to be in the habit of, of doing consulting work via DM. Um, yeah, I, I've seen, but, I've seen that trend starting to happen and I'm like, and, 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 and by the way, I know some of those people are here listening to this podcast, not live, but we'll listen to it in the download. It's not just you. It's, it's been about five to 10 people have been sending me. It's like, Oh, real quick. And it's like, ah, yeah, that's a lot of real quicks throughout my day. And you know, I, I need to, I need to manage these better. And I, you know, I want to keep my, my direct messages for, you know, kind of, that's like an urgent, you need to, you know, I need to talk to you now. It's like, Hey, I'm here. Can you meet me for lunch? That's what direct messaging kind of is. Yeah. And I think that with you sending your direct message, it's an, it's, it's a, it's an instant way for them to send you the question, but that doesn't mean that the response doesn't require more space than Twitter's going to allow. So you responding with an email, well thought out email and a couple snippets, um, works great. Yeah. And, and well, to be honest with you, all the questions that have been asked have been questions that, that can be answered, but you're right. There have been a couple that, you know, it's like uh, it it takes five DMS responding to, to get the full message back to them. And and that's frustrating, but, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that I think is a slippery slope. And then all of a sudden, you know, my entire day is responding to, you know, people's questions via direct message it. And, and, you know, it, 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 it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm cautious of because I think that all of a sudden it's like, you know, close, not going to charge me for, you know, a quick little one line response, obviously. Uh, whereas, you know, when it comes to emails, you know, it's like, listen, you know, I, I can answer this, this, this. And once a couple come in that I can say, Hey, let, let's, let's have you build these up for a little bit and let's set, schedule an hour for consulting. Uh, and, and, and again, it, this doesn't have anything to do with any one person in particular. It's just something I've been monitoring, uh, in my own mind. And, and this is where I come to in my inbox zero. It's like, man, how, yeah. how do I handle and manage this? And, and just, you know, what, what happens here is, is I literally have hundreds of clients now 
over the course of the last few years, I've, I've developed a, a client base of hundreds of clients who have paid me lots of money. And I love answering little one-off questions for them whenever possible. But man, it, they, they start flowing in real fast. And, you know, I'm not kidding when I say I've got, you know, 40, 50 emails a day that are high priority emails. You know, so yeah, lots it's not of stuff. a precedent you want to set. So. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so uh, that's Inbox Zero. Um, if you guys have additional thoughts on that, let us know if you have any um, April Fool's jokes uh, that you saw in the social media space. Um, please give us a call. It is uh, area code 859-795-4067. Again, 859-795-4067. And of course, um, what are we talking about next week? Do, have we discussed that at all? I don't think we've decided, but I think it might be good to catch up on some news. Yeah, so next week we will be catching up on all the news that's happened in the past three weeks. Uh, but we'd in- love to revisit any of your Inbox Zero questions. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything you want us to talk about and news, that's what we're talking about next week on Social Media Serenity. Again, 859-795-4067. You can find Eric on Twitter at twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. And you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash GSPN. Until next time, everybody, join the community. 